0: Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and with me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones.
1: This seems like kind of like you have to say it, and I would like more emotion when you say it. Also, hello.
0: Okay. Um, uh, with, with my producer,
2: AJ Faleri, Um, how are the levels, the bars? The bars and levels look better than they've ever looked. They look like they moved to a new house two hours away from their old one
0: and last but not least in the (laughs) year of our lord 2023 it's twashua tween twaker how are you doing today buddy i'm twasitively terrific um and shout out to sam for uh submitting
2: that nickname thank you twasitively is challenging to hear (laughs) um
0: all right so does everyone have the script open Okay. Yes. Uh,
2: yes, I see here it says. Pol-
0: okay. So, okay. Okay. Don't say it. No one say it. Oh. Okay, okay. So no one say it. But at the top of the document is like kind of the vibe. I'm going. I was thinking we should t- try for the intro. So AJ, do you want to take a pass at that?
2: Well, I had a different idea. Um, okay. So that. So the answer is no. So no. So
0: the answer is no. <laughs> you don't want to take a pass. My idea was quote political but sexy but also keep it brief. Period. So what was your vision?
2: Talk about briefs. Um, I don't know, something about Mm-mm. Joe Biden's underwear J- or something. Briefs. I don't know. Yeah. Man, legal legal
0: briefs, okay. sexual briefs. Yeah. Th- it's a brief bit.
2: Boxer briefs. Uh no, I wanted to uh shout out Ryan in our Discord.
0: Okay. So uh, totally. On my stuff. Do you
3: do you,
2: <laughs> you want to take us to the
0: correction section? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, my cat. India, what's the, is peeing on your stuff? Yes, peed on my purse.
2: Bummer. Can I leave that in the pocket Ugh. Yes. Okay, I'm so sorry yeah, about okay, that.
1: And now she's fucking. Yeah. Uh, hold on.
0: <laughs> Did you want to take us to the correction section?
2: Yes. Uh, let's take it to the correction section. Shout out to Ryan in our Discord who said, um, "Let's see," and I quote. Uh, tagged me said yo how is there no discussion in this episode uh, the previous episode uh, Mm -hmm. on the chapter 19 reveal that the bone hunters are going to free the crippled God Uh, and I said that's a great question
0: (laughs) and I just want to say in my memory, I brought it up on the show and you all were like, eh, and then moved on.
2: You you brought up the conversation with Masan Galani and Kissware and Sinter, but not the fact that they had said that they were going to free the crippled well, god.
0: Because as always, I'm not trying to tell you anything. So I was trying to see what you guys would bring up from that conversation.
2: Sure. But that does feel like pretty critical info. Well, I assume that we all somehow missed.
3: I well, didn't okay, know what? that.
2: Yes, I, re- I also did not I remember it.
3: And then I didn't. You know, I- as pointed out by other people when we admitted, well, we didn't have the scripts ready for this one, that was my problem. Yes. If I don't see it, I have forgotten it.
0: I just want to get on the record, I knew. Okay. Great. Yeah, you so, read the books already, bud. Just wanted to clear the air on that one.
2: Yeah. Uh, just to paraphrase the section, Masangalani is talking to Kisswar and Center and says, oh, we're going to Kalance. And then Center is like, oh yeah, we're going to go kill the crippled god. And then Masan like, no, actually, we're going to free the crippled god mm-hmm. And then that's why Kissware is like, oh, no wonder that everybody will abandon us. If they find out the truth, I will be the one to Mm -hmm. I'll be like the first person to uh, jump ship. Uh, So that's what (laughs) that's what happened. And that's what uh, you missed last time uh, on Survivor.
0: Um, If we're just shouting things out before we get into the show proper. There was also an awesome Mm -hmm. discussion about the mortal sword First sword situation in regards mm-hmm. to Decimal Tor. So, I just want to shout everyone out for kind of clarifying that because I believe on the pod last time we talked about Decimal Tor as the Mortal Sword of Hood and we were kind of talking about the origin of the title First Sword and Mortal Sword and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, cool
2: stuff. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you, everyone. And listen, we have a ton of stuff uh, to get into today because we are very excitingly closing out book nine Dust of Dreams. So The plan today is we're going to talk through 22, 23, 24, and then we're going to have a short, tiny little music cue and then kind of get into a tiny little just a skush of our thoughts on book nine overall. We're not really going to do a retrospective episode as we normally do when we finish a book and the next episode after this one will be the Crippled God part one. Um, So we will be plowing through, so we wanted to take the end of this book to briefly reflect. So let's talk more about that then, and now get into chapter 22. Chapter 22. The snake is getting situated in the Crystal City, finding water and food. Badal reflects on her past, children, and Raiderol. Sadik is exploring learning more about this strange city called Akarius, a peaceful place built for jagged and filled with mechanisms. doll has found Bredorol and banishes her from the city instead of killing her. With the bone hunters, Fiddler is trying to figure out what happened to Stormy and Gessler. Their tent is slashed apart and they are missing. They talk about what could have taken them, Winged Kachin Ch'amal called Shig'al assassins. They think that they were needed by the Kachain Ch'amal matron. Bottle comes back to the tent, finding Quick Ben unconscious and speaking about magic in the wasteland, and all of the powerful Ascendants who now walk there. Kenneb worries about Fist Blistig, who is evading his responsibilities. Blistig joins him and they speak about Stormy and Gessler. Blistig thinks they deserve it. They both meet with Tavor, and Blistig argues about rations. A Blue Rose soldier, Henar Vigolf, meets with Bryce. There is discussion around Kchain Chamal, a god and how the Blue Rose are treated within the Lothari army. Throughout the rest of the camp, we see soldiers deal with the difficulties of the march. Korob contrasts Leomin to Tavor. We see speculation around Ruth and Gud, Hellion collapses, and Sinter reflects on trauma. Finally, Stormy and Gessler awake. They are with Caliph, the Destriant to Kachain Chamal. She says they are to join her. Stormy will be the shield anvil, and Gessler, the mortal sword of the Kachain They both deny this, but then they curse as they see their army approaching. AJ, we start mm. in the city of Akarius and we see that the snake yes, we do. has arrived uh-huh. and we see, we learn a little bit about the city and we kind of check in with Braiderol, the Braiderall story and Badal. What did you make of this kind of opening? There's several passages here that I kind of condensed.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's fucking rad i I think it's cool that the city is named icarius it's full of mechanisms it's like okay yeah i get it i understand what's happening the i mean i've always liked the badal stuff and as we've gotten deeper into the book um i think i've liked it more and more uh and so i like all this stuff where she's talking about just like her dreams and stuff or just like the 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 places she has gone in her mind i grow wings i fly across the world across many worlds uh, it's just very good. And then the braider stuff, you know, I mean, I don't know, compassion, right? Like that's the, it's the whole thing. So it's, you know, just,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a classic, of course,
2: you know, it's a classic. Yeah, exactly. That's like, we're, we're not, we're not taking vengeance. We're just being like, well, you know, do, do better. <laughs> it's basically what we're saying here. Uh, and then expelling her from, from the city.
0: It's cool to see yeah. to learn more about the city and also to see them kind of making it a home in a way.
2: Yeah, it's it, it, it is. It is very interesting.
0: It's always curious to me what world building stuff interests me and doesn't. For some mm. reason, this type of thing, I'm like, want to know everything about it. But then other stuff, I'm like, OK, stop talking about this. I don't need to learn more about this subject. You yes, know? yes. And, and I have no idea what the difference between those things are, you know? regardless india to move us along to where the bone hunters are so listen obviously right now we all know the resolution to a lot of this stuff but i would love to know when they're trying to figure out what's going on with stormy and gessler like what where were you at did you instantly did you like were you putting the pieces together did you understand like tell me about what your your journey here
1: well my journey was i think I spoiled a lot of the Stormy and Gessler stuff for myself.
0: Is that true? No. Oh no!
1: In one of my yeah, I was researching, and honestly, I uh, to be fair, I knew I was going to do it, so I was like, kind of, I already knew what was happening, and I, which I guess takes away a little bit from like the like, sure the surprise of it.
0: I mean, you find out a little bit later, but by the looks on Josh and AJ's faces, you did not put that together in this scene. No. No, I no. just
3: I was like, ah, oh, weird. I knew they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I knew they weren't dead, but like, I didn't yeah. know they would be the thing that completes the whole storyline. We've been confused on the whole time.
2: Yeah, I had no no inkling. For some fucking reason, it's another one of those things where it's like, once you know the answer, it's like, oh well, yeah. fucking duh. Yeah, 100%. like what else would it have been? Um, so. I don't know if that's like nice job book or if it's like bad job, AJ's brain, you mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know which, I don't know where the, uh, where the blame mm-hmm. lies there, but, um, I had no idea at the time.
0: Well, listen, I think we should just talk about this now. Let's just, because obviously we touch on it. Frame I, form stuff. Yeah. We talk, we talk about it at the end of the chapter, but we should just resolve it. So India here, we kind of see Stormy and Gessler meet with Caleth and there are trio for the Kachain Chamal our uh, mortal sword our destriant our shield anvil what do you make of this kind of posse that have arrived
1: it's um it's bad as fuck.
0: awesome tell me more
1: well you know they did a good job leading the kachains
0: now what do you think about this idea that like like why why are, why do you think the kachain are having these human leaders in this way
1: <sighs> colonization
0: Okay, interesting. Mm. Tell me more about that thought.
1: Well, I I don't know. These fucking Malazans just come in and act like they're the best and that they can do everything. And then you're bound to be like, well, I guess if they say so, these people are bronze. Why not? Mm. I trust them.
2: Take the take the bronze ones. Yeah. Yeah. Confident,
3: (laughs) tall, dark men. They, you know, what else do you need? Strong.
1: Josh, uh,
0: what did what did you uh, what did you make of their arrival? The fact that there are these things, this kind of reveal at the end of the plot line. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about it later in the other chapters, but here.
3: I, I mean, like AJ said, it was one of those things where it happened, and I was like, yeah, I should have gotten there. <laughs> should have put that one together. Kind of, cr- I mean, like a crazy pull, though. You know, we. I my big thing was, I think my thought was. So I've waited seven books for this. Like, what a weird, <coughs> like, what a weird thing to put into motion in book two, and then this, and then you, you, you know, it happens in book two. Nothing comes of it for seven books. At the start of this book, we're like, hey, what's up? We're gonna have this whole could change storyline that feels super disconnected from everything. Psych. Remember book two? They're here. It, it, you know, the payoff has happened. I, impressive, but like part of me felt like uh it's been too long you know and mm, they've they've been, they've mm. been bronze fireboys for so long that i don't even think of them as bronze fireboys anymore <laughs>
2: mm. really
3: that's all i think about when i think about them my thing now that i think about is the fact that they were like fucking admirals and stuff and generals that's what i think about which then mm. you know makes sense more, makes more sense why they were chosen to be the mortal Sword. like they've literally led armies so Mm
0: -hmm. i think about them as their good friends and i enjoy spending time with them that's my thing they're good friends in the
3: in the weirdest way though because they are so mean to each other oh yeah
0: do we think they're a couple just throwing it out there
3: i think the better Mm. question is do we think they've been a couple
0: now that's the best reading of it i think (laughs) um and it and it was messy it was a messy it was a messy (laughs)
1: time they're better off as friends
0: they're yes. better off as they're, they've they're better off as friends. OK, mm-hmm. so AJ, so uh, there's a there's mm-hmm. we kind of then talk about Fisblistic a little bit and there's some worry mm-hmm. about him and they also there's a brief scene with Tavor. So uh, do you share any concerns about Fist Ballistic? What do you think about the kind of leadership of the bone hunters
2: at the moment? Mm. Well, Josh gave a knowing. Hmm, so I think maybe you should ask Josh, because in the last week, um, some of this stuff has left my brain.
0: Okay. Josh,
3: what do you think about the leadership of the Bone Hunters? Blistig sucks ass. And I've been saying it for a <laughs> while and I felt very vindicated. Mm. You felt vindicated that Kenneb spoke up and was like, I've said for a while that like all this dude did was not send his people to their deaths in RN. Look, I'll give it to him. A lot of other people did, but that does not make you comp like capable of leading. You know, half of an army, and I have felt for a while that he is fully hamstringing the Bone Hunters. So what glad is hamstringing? to see stringing, uh, slowing them down and making them inefficient, or just otherwise kind of working against them. But I've I felt for a while that he has been a detriment to them, and I'm very glad that we that other people are finally catching on that he's a shitbird. <laughs> so. Thank you for sharing your uh, blistic thoughts. Those have been Josh's blistering blistic critiques. A blistering wow.
0: take. And uh, so we actually meet, we learn a little bit about the racial dynamics of the Blue Rose and how they were kind of like treated pretty poorly in the Lothari army and learn a little about their interior structure through this point of view of Henar Vigolf. Uh, Vigolf I don't know but I'm a big let the record show I'm a big Henar head um, if, if there are any so shout out to my guy did you uh, this is kind of a throwback to the Blue Rose and learning a little bit more about them internally what did you think of this little scene with Bryce and, and learning about Henar, the outrider
1: Let me let me think about let me think on that for a sec I have to reach into the recesses of my mind I don't really remember
0: so not a huge impression on you no is it? Ju- am I the? Am I the only
3: henar head on the podcast? Oh, he was cool. Listen, if anyone can match up to my girl Lestara then that's a man, you know. Mm. Dude, I find it weird that Lestara has not felt anything for anyone except Pearl for so so long, and then all of a sudden, this dude did it a little bit. Did it feel a little forced? Like we need someone to feel bad about in a later scene? Kind of.
1: <laughs> Is this like, <laughs> like they're just like. A nod to like, and racism exists.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> it's a curious, it's a curious thing you bring up because sometimes their racism does exist in the books,
3: right? I felt more like from a historical thing. Like first off, the Malazans do the same thing. I think Coltane being a fist as part of the native population was like a pretty big thing right yes i'm pretty sure most of the time they do absorb people more than other historical empires do like in rome if you were not born in rome the best you could be was like the leader of your squad or something like that i think they were kind of alluding to that and rome lethar's always been very like roman influenced i feel
1: i feel like i should know something about any kind of history to care about that
3: yeah but you see (laughs) boys liked you in high school (laughs)
1: i didn't go to high school with boys
2: Jesus. Yeah, oh my gosh. god i didn't know that
1: yeah i went to an all-girls high school i was scared of boys i didn't think that they were nice so i didn't want to go to school with them
2: they're
3: not Yeah, now you know they're not nice and
1: now i know they're <laughs> not nice right
0: yeah inge it's, it's a funny thought you mentioned i think about it sometimes i feel like usually race is mentioned in this type of way where it's like oh insert racial group they're being treated badly and we briefly learn about them i mean like we do follow the wiccans and how they've been kind of mistreated by the Malazan empire pretty th- throughout the series you know mm-hmm. so but i i don't feel like it gets much more into that besides the idea that sometimes racism happens and we it, that's bad yeah they know? like
1: mention skin bleaching and i'm like
0: yeah random it's I'm
3: like, part of me is like, okay, tell me more about this. Right. You know? Like,
1: mm-hmm. But also not. But also keep you it also, going.
3: Yeah. I've also <laughs> definitely, until just now, realized I fully did not picture this guy as a Tisty Andy. It's really throwing me off now. I constantly forget that that's what they are.
1: Are they black?
3: They're kind of washed out Tisty Andy, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't India, know if
1: they're
3: as. Yeah, but like fantasy black. Not like, not because there are... Because Kalam and Quickben are from Seven Cities, and I believe are yeah. dark skinned, but like Batisti andy, dark skinned Tisty yes. andy are like
2: the color blue, black.
3: Like black. Yeah, I imagine
0: yeah. them as like purplish
3: blue.
2: Yeah, but the blue rose are like a lighter grayish yeah. shade. I think, right? Probably.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well.
2: Peach shaking their head. What?
1: <laughs> let's, let's get out of here, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it feels like a fraud territory let's to be in.
1: Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Um.
0: All right. So anyway, uh, AJ, we see a variety of. um, We see a variety. We touch in with a variety of soldiers throughout the camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Did any of them catch your eye? Did you want to kind of shout someone out? And and AJ, this is a leading question. There is a correct answer.
2: Ooh. There is a correct. Okay. Well, then let me be really sure. So there is a correct answer, and I hope you know that. Mm. Uh, I mean, my my stuff's always with bottle, so. If bottle's not the correct answer, yikes!
1: Ooh,
0: don't think
2: it is. Uh, yikes. Uh, okay, Josh.
0: Josh, did someone stand out to you? I'm gonna <laughs> take a
3: stab in the dark, and I'm gonna say Ruth, Ann Good. Ruth and Good. Yeah. India. Oh, India! Did no. someone stand out to you? Um,
1: um, let me think. I'm.
3: Is it someone you wrote in the summary? Because otherwise, I don't remember who they talked to.
1: I'm gonna say. Let's say s- smiles.
2: Oof. Oh. Oh, AJ, so you were gonna say about Bottle. I love Korab. We're Boom, up. baby
0: oh, okay, okay. Shout to okay. my guy.
2: We we love Korab. I do love Korab scenes. They're always fun. Um, what happens in this one? he's Uh, he's, oh okay yes okay yeah this is where he's all upset about them capturing rats and like tying their tails together and stuff and he's like hey don't do that
0: and he's thinking about leo man and thinking about Mm -hmm. just like
1: oh yeah great stuff there
0: i don't know it's fun to see his him reflecting on that relationship we saw firsthand in bone hunters so Mm -hmm. that i found that compelling
1: and there's a new iron cold iron hot iron bitter iron
3: bitter
0: iron
2: um that's right what did you wake up new iron just dropped (laughs) (laughs) what did you like about the korab stuff pete
0: i just love korab like what did you like
2: about that uh comparison
1: and there is a wrong answer
2: okay
0: (laughs) interesting um i think it's it's i think it's interesting to compare since tavor as a leader you're kind of being firsthand put in the soldiers trying to make meaning of what Tavor is and who she is as a leader and him comparing that to Leomin, who is obviously such a different type of leader and treated um, his followers in a really different way. So I think to just kind of sit in his point of view, I found compelling.
2: I do think this line, um, uh, they talked as if they wanted a Leoman, but Korab mm-hmm. knew how that was. They didn't. If they got a Leoman, every one of them would end up getting killed. He believed the adjunct cared about them, maybe even too much. But between the two, he'd stay with her every time. Um, Good line.
0: He's just—he's a part of the team, you know. Korab's here.
2: He is part of the team, and he is here.
0: So you were going to shout out Bottle, though, so we can actually talk about other soldiers. I just thought, I, I, in <laughs> sure. my mind, I was like, AJ's definitely going to bring up Korab. I know what AJ's going to say.
2: Korab was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, clearly, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> I'd
3: like him to be on the tip of my, <laughs> my
2: tongue. Oh, okay. That
3: was spicy. Uh,
2: thank you. I don't remember where it happens, but somewhere in these chapters, um, Korab's, or someone's like, oh, Corab, you're lucky all the time. And he's like, not all the time, just when it counts. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a really good distinction. I think
3: at one point he says, I'm lucky in all the wrong things. And he just names like minor inconveniences that he's not lucky yeah. about, which is yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I love him.
2: No, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I hate to be a broken record, but like these sections where we're talking to all the soldiers, I'm just kind (laughs) of (laughs) like, sure. Um, which I feel like here at the end is like not the time to be doing that. Um, but I regrettably, that is what happens and I'm sorry about it. Well, listen, like in the moment, I'll be I'll be listening or reading to the book. and I'm like, oh, cool. And then it like whoosh, right on my head, like it does not it does not stay.
0: Uh, and, you know, I feel very similar. So here's yeah. what I think we should do. I think we should thank our Patreon backers and then move on to the exciting battle in Chapter 23. So
2: um, let's uh... Uh, special shout out to all of our patrons, including Thomas uh ian and james and john thank you all so much for backing and and shout out to everybody else who has backed us on patreon we really appreciate it uh there will be an epigraphs and osmosis jones episode uh with josh and pete up on the patreon post haste uh as well as there's a there's a special video thing happening um that will be available to everyone but is made possible by the support we get on our patreon
3: and spoiler um, alert the the osmosis jones takes we're not josh josh you cannot
0: spoil the takes you cannot spoil the takes that's what the paywall is there for baby you're sorry um, right. josh can you give us a just by the way this is not going to go on the episode um can you just quick give us a good your best naruto impression
3: believe it believe it that's um, naruto yeah that's, i can i i have inch, a... inch,
0: do, inch do you want to take a stab
1: Believe it.
3: Very frequently uh, to upset HR, I will go, but HR, it's my Nindo, my ninja way. And I don't know why, but that phrase really, <laughs> truly upsets her.
0: Um, I guess she doesn't want you to follow your Nindo.
3: I'm going to become the Hokage.
0: Okay. Uh, Chapter 23.
1: I want to hear this we... person say, believe it. Believe
2: it. Believe it. Believe it. There he is. So believe it. Then believe
3: it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it.
0: Believe it. Chapter twenty-three. Abstral fears what is coming. The message from Falash foretelling a great confluence of chaotic powers. She rides together with Spax to warn the parish of the trouble. They agree they must ride for the Bone Hunters. Kisware is riding towards them, but sees that they are already on their way. She is encountered by the Kunjal scouts. She says she needs to be taken to the army. As she gets closer, she meets with the parish and the Balkondo. There is a meeting, and they discuss the omen of betrayal, the parish riding to the Malazans and going with the Kundral to the Bone Hunters. Asangalani encounters five Talani Mass, the unbound Talani Mass. They speak about becoming seen again. Tool and the Talanai Mass are summoned by the Malazans. Tool refuses the call. Bryce is reflecting on empire and war when Erenicht interrupts him and says they are in the wrong place. Kennep sees dust clouds. Banishar feels wind blowing out of a warren. He starts sweating blood. Ruthane Gud rides out, his sword crackling with magic. Fiddler is rallying his soldiers into formation. And Bottle watches the sky. Center tries to find officers, but Tavor declares it is too late. They can't stop it. The Kachain Naruk are coming to fight them. Quickben throws acorns all around to prepare for the battle. Ruth and Gud rides towards the army of the Naruk, an army 40,000 strong. His sword wrapped in ice and frost. The army and the Marines watch him some thinking Gud is a storm rider. The Nuruk advance, carrying wired clubs that ignite with bolts of lightning. They engulf Ruthann Gud. Bottle watches the power of their magic, and Captain Kenneth is killed. Gud climbs out of the crater, thinking it wasn't too bad. Fiddler's soldiers aim for the nodes within the Nuruk's formation. QuickBen aims his acorns as well. The Naruk strike back at QuickBen. Ruth Ann Gud is overwhelmed, and battle overtakes the Bone Hunters. Tavor's position is overtaken. Dozens of officers die, and she is badly wounded. Lestara is knocked back by a huge lightning bolt that struck QuickBen. Bryce considers trying to ride to save Tavor, but sends Henar. Elsewhere, Gaul sends Kisware away from the Kundril to alert the Parish. Back in the trenches, Fiddler is fighting and retreating. Korok is killed. bottle is buried under corpses in a trench. He watches the Naruk walk by and sees a Wivel above. The Kundril near and charge the Naruk, but they ready their lightning weapons and devastate the Kundril riders. Bryce leads a charge in afterwards and is shocked to see that some Kunjal have survived and still stand in battle. Wivels die down to attack the Nauruk, more and more as Bottle reaches to the edge of his power. Tar, Herb, and Helion all battle as Henar nears Tavor, but he is badly wounded. He watches as the Yil shadow dances, defending Tavor's position. Kisware drags herself free, Looking around at all of the dead soldiers. Um, so uh we'll get to the battle soon, but first let's talk about what's going on with the kind of parish, Falkondo, all of these various forces. Um, Josh, there's kind of a, a meeting of the minds over here as Kisware brings some news and we see these various factions, and they also discuss the the omen of betrayal. Um, so what is what What did you make of this scene at the camp and seeing Kiswere arrive? Um, and, and what do you think of these various forces that have kind of arrayed
3: themselves? I know the answer is he's sort of made it logical and it needed to happen. But it feels crazy to me that the entire Malazan army has no idea what's coming. All of their allies know what's coming. And somehow this princess of uh, Bacondo is somehow able to, like, they never say the word kachin Naruk, but it it feels like everyone knows that it's the kachin Naruk, And I just am so lost in a way as to how they were able to get that information and all of the crazy magic stuff that gets that info to a Brastel. It's, it is a lot in my opinion. Mm. In a series that in my opinion really prides itself often on like the harsh logic of the limitations of magic in this world and things like that i was like this one and i i do understand i want to put, yeah, put it out there before someone asks me i know mail is involved somehow mm-hmm. but you know bug is so intertwined with bryce how is how is it this the way that makes sense to get the information that's it was it was a lot to me mm-hmm. um I will say one thing I have always appreciated about Mr. Erickson is um, very few of the characters. There are some, but very few of the characters in this book are suffer from dumb ass syndrome where they do the absolute stupidest thing all the time. I was very happy that Abrasta was like, this seems like bad news. I need to immediately get this info to everyone else and then we need to get there as fast as possible. I was like, yes, that is the correct choice. Very happy they did that. Made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. However, then, like, when Kiss was like, day three on my horse, and I'm just now finding these guys, I was like, okay, well, this doesn't fucking matter. You know, they're not going to get there in time. You know, so. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Some questions about the magic stuff. Overall, pretty cool. And it's a first where we... Ha- it was the first time in the series where, spoiler alert, the all of the mobilization stuff to get everyone together at the end of the book, as happens often in Malazan, Uh, it's like the first time that that fails, and they don't get there, and a fucking massacre occurs. So I thought that was uh, an interesting take on that too.
0: AJ, did anything Josh say echo with you, and do you have any thoughts about this recurring omen of betrayal?
2: I totally agree uh, with everything Josh said about Abrastal, like, immediately being like, okay, well, we have to figure everything out now to the point where, like, when she arrives at the parish and Kruhava's like, ah, hello, my queen. She's like, shut the fuck up. I have things to tell you. We need to get going. And I think that was, I, I love that. I think that's great. And this omen of betrayal, refresh refresh my memory with it. What is the omen? Or is it just like, rat, there are several omens?
0: It's a
3: recurring element. Um, Can I no. jump in real quick? Because you said Please. that, Peter, and it did make me realize, like, I know we've heard about it a bunch, and obviously we know that the shield anvil is, mm-hmm. you know, not working in everyone's best interest. But we didn't really... S- did we see a betrayal in these last chapters? I can't think of one. <clears throat> uh,
0: Kisswear, uh brings a message. Quote, the adjunct says, O mortal sword, that betrayal does not suit the parish, nor the cundral. Come to her, she asked. There is a betrayer among you, and by that betrayer's word, you doom the bone hunters.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Is she saying that if the parish had a destriant by now, that they would have been able to foretell some of these things and they would have known to pick up their pace? Could that be it?
2: Mm, interesting.
3: Because otherwise, I can't think of anything the Shield Envil has done that is necessarily acting against their in- the bone hunter's interests. You know what I mean?
0: Well, listen, I-, I think if that didn't stand out to you guys, that's fine. And maybe we should leave that there, leave that camp, and move on to kind of the centerpiece of this chapter, which is this kind of epic battle between the Kachain-Naruk and the Bone Hunters. Um, India, what did you, how did you feel about this battle?
1: Well, I'm just going to start with these Kachain-Naruk things. Like, I know that we, like, have known them, I guess, but it just kind of felt, I don't know. It was, like, really fucked up. They are like, crazy. They killed all the Malazans. It sucks, Um, but also does it. I mean, it kind of does. I take it back. It does. They were... I felt very disconnected from them. Like, I feel like I don't really know much about them. I did think it was cool that they have that, like, cool magic with the floating things. Mm. That was fun. These scenes are very chaotic. Like, I feel like they jump around a lot. And it's hard for me to visualize. And Mm. um, I say that, like, that's kind of, like, one of my main issues with these battle scenes is that I never... Like, I can, like, pick up when people die, but... Like as to like how and when it's being described, I like just don't see anything. Like my mind is just like pretty blank. So
0: interesting stuff. Definitely chaotic. One thing I felt reading the re- rereading this passage was and i feel that felt this way about some of the battles in midnight tides and and it really depends. that was what on i was gonna this, say yeah when this feeling comes out in battle but th- that type of chaos to me you definitely feel that when it's this type of disorganized uh scene but uh, one emotion that follows that for me is me being like never put me anywhere near this situation i would like, just lay down just like christ sounds like absolute hell the you worst know? time mm.
1: the actual worst mm. time
0: Oh my god, absolutely. AJ, how did you feel about this uh this battle between the Naruk and the Bone Hunters?
2: No, I mean, I think the battle was was uh absolutely bonkers, buck wild, a great time. I I loved it's absolutely I loved insane. It. It's so cool. I mean, it's 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 on the same tier as the battle between Anime and Rake and Decimal Tor. Like it's just like Ooh. some real anime shit. Just like everybody's going a thousand miles an hour. If we're like watching it from the outside, it's like a bunch of blurs. And then like every once in a while is like the freeze frame of two people like hitting swords together, or in this case, I guess hitting like you know lightning and fucking a, a magic uh, ice sword or whatever the shit. Like it's just so fucking cool. Um, and I I, I had a I just had a cool time reading it. I guess.
0: Well. Uh, listen let's get more into the detail but josh i did want to hear your overall just feeling on this big battle
3: i just felt very vindicated by the appearance of the chain naruk because very often i think to myself you know if they have magic why don't they just make a gun and uh (laughs) we did it we did it gang we, we just, did it you know. and their guns <laughs> shot lightning fucking uh, sick like what else god like what else do you need i'm sorry i'm having a good time here they're yeah. shooting lightning guns and oh what's that the ageless man who like apparently knows everyone through history oh he's got a lightning sword thingy and erupts and kills a legion of them yeah having a blast
2: yeah, I think I think in a way this book delivers on the promise of Gardens of the Moon uh with with Moonspawn. It's like, oh no, there's not just one. Like isn't the very one of the very first things we see is Moonspawn emerging and like shooting a laser or some shit. Yeah. And like that's the cover of Gardens of the Moon. And it's like in this book it's like no, there's more than one and they are all shooting lasers. Yes, you're right. It is cool. And it's like yeah, it is cool. I'm having a great time. Yeah. I and
3: I just I hope to God they never explain the guns or the backpacks. <laughs> leave it, leave it. I don't want to know anything. I just want to know that they can show up when I want them mm-hmm. to and need them to.
0: Um, Josh, counterpoint. I yes, go
3: ahead. Want
0: to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I need show me diagrams. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I want to well, know what's going on. However, I fully agree with you, Josh. If tomorrow Erickson was like, "Oh, we actually produced a whole book about it,"
3: instantly I'd be like, "Do not tell no. me." do no. uh, <laughs> Steve, put that. Steve, put that away. <laughs> Look, if we're gonna read it, it's gonna be like, so the backpacks harness the kinetic energy of the move, and I- I'm out. No, it's Although, gun. Josh. Although you just said
0: it and all of a sudden and I'm like, one second, though, how does it yeah. work?
2: Well, I think, I mean, we've gotten the layer of, um, oh God, what was it called? Is it blue iron? Is that what it's called? Blue iron magic. Yes. Which the Kachanchamal use. You're right. So it's like we have Warrens, we have holds, we have blue iron. And like, to me, we all we know the same amount about all of like how they all actually work. You know what I mean? Like blue iron, just like, yeah, it just makes a lightning laser from a big spaceship. It's fine. Don't um, worry about it.
0: I think it's so the so you guys are kind of getting in uh, this after this, you're really kind of seeing kind of in my mind why the Kachain are maybe my favorite part of the whole yeah. world, you know, but
2: yeah, they're fucking rule.
0: I think it's such an interesting juxtaposition between I would say the a, a, a typical Malazan scene are two people like in a tribal setting. They're on the plains They have like a spear and like a stone tip or something and they're having some sort of conversation around like stories or histories do you mean this mm-hmm. is like 40% of scenes or something insane <laughs> like that and sure. then like that's like most of the world technologically and then it's like oh by the way there are the several spaceships full of dinosaur <laughs> people with advanced technology yes that's also going on
3: you know yeah so i just love that those two things coexist now i want to ask you a question india when yep. the kachain naruk showed up how much of the wild history of them did you remember offhand i googled it i see i was wondering if if that was necessary because it's like a pretty (laughs) specific part of the fucking malazan lore
1: yeah i'm really bad at that i know like in the beginning peter is always like don't google anything don't google anything and i tried to stick with that but this book literally i just said fuck it Mm -hmm. and i google everything now Everything, and that's why I spoil a lot of things for myself because I go, I get into these rabbit holes of reading about things. And I'm like, wow, well, what else can I find out? And then I'll like accidentally look, see the Crippled God book and read about it there, and I'm like, oh, whoops! Oh,
3: but I well. know, well, and in- well,
0: sh- listen, I listen. That can be what it is, but I would be curious to know. Do you feel like you trying to Google things has increased? your enjoyment of reading the book.
1: Yeah, I definitely think I should have been doing this all along. Um
0: Then then that's great. I'm sorry I kind of d- kept No, that from you well well,
1: I mean, why would I spoil the book? Like what you're saying made sense. Don't spoil the book. However, when you don't understand the book, really, the only thing you can do is is go up yeah. from there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I do like Googling. I do like reading about things specifically because I forget a lot, too. I, I don't grasp a lot of the things when I'm reading them. So then to go back and be like, oh, that's what that was trying to say to me. I'm like, oh. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, listen, Um, I don't know. if Maybe let's try this approach and just kind of we'll see what we can get to. AJ, um, mm. Is there like a specific beat? I know there are a few that stand got, yeah. out to me that that really stood out to you in in, in the scene in the battle.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, duh, 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 duh. I think all the quick bend stuff is super cool. Like this this quick bend section is is rad. Uh, let's see. The end of this section, I think, is is. Like, stuck with me? Uh, the high mage Adafan Ben-Dalat drew from a pouch a handful of acorns and flung them into the ground. He squinted once more at the deepness beyond the veil and then down to the Naruk legions, monstrous in their implacability. Steal one away and it's damned near mindless. Gather them in their thousands and their will becomes one. And that will is, gods below, it is so very cold a lot of stuff cool just in that like section uh bag full of acorns that do stuff uh love that you know we've seen acorn finists before it was kind of cool then but it's even cooler and then just this like you know i don't know i guess borderline poetic prose about uh the motivations of the naruk as as quick ben sees them i just think it's just like really really cool so that's that, that's that. I don't want I didn't want to take the easy one, uh, which, in my opinion, is the Ruth and good showing up with the fucking cool sword and stuff.
0: Interesting. That's not, not not. I would have wasn't going to pick the quick bend one. Inge, is there a beat that's from the battle that stood out to you?
1: I really love Lestara and mm. the thought of her coming out and being like, and now we dance. And just like doing her little shadow dance (laughs) makes me so happy to think about. It's like because I, I just don't even know what it would look like and, like, what, like, it just, but it's just so cool.
0: It's awesome. Uh, the the origin of that shadow dancing ability in, in I think mm-hmm. we learned in House of Chains, yeah. is, like, mm-hmm. such a cool passage. It's such a cool part of Lestara Yill. And I just want to get on the record. Shout out to my gamers. I imagine it as what Reaper's Ultimate looks like in Overwatch. Die. Die.
2: Die. Oh, that's, my, wow. that's my image. That's a capital
3: G gamer um, moment right there, bud.
2: Um, um, I imagine it as uh, other gamers. The there there are twins in Majora's Mask, the Zelda game. Uh, that that dance on one specific night, and if you dance with them, you get a special mask or something. Uh, um, that's how I see it.
0: Sorry, that was just me cracking open my gamer fuel over oh, here. God, have a little You're the goddamn words.
3: My favorite. Thank you for asking, Peter. My <laughs> real standout moments. First off, pouring out for our boy Kenneb. Real bummer. Yes, yeah, mm. we are gonna have to talk about some of that.
0: So Ken Real bummer. Kennep goes down. A good guy. Good guy. Is that
1: his? It doesn't mm-hmm. he have a son? Grub.
3: Yeah.
0: That's Grubs. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. We followed him since House
3: Gates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My the the two real ones though. Uh, I love Tar and the heavies. I love that there's all this magic. There's bombs. There's guns. But that doesn't matter because we've got thick boys with strong hearts, and they're just gonna stop these lizard men with their sheer power, and that's really yeah, good. Dude. We got some big guys. <laughs> yeah. The big, Bring in the They're big like, guys. There's just a whole paragraph <laughs> about these thick boys being too strong for the illies. It's great. And then secondly, we've talked a lot about it recently. Not on the podcast, just in our group chats. Some big Animorphs vibes from Bottle ripping his mind apart in order to control all these wivels. Mm. Real so cool. Animorphs moment there, and I yeah, loved dude. it. God
2: for so me much, this this whole fucking scene rules holy yeah. shit
3: for me the shadow
0: dance thing is so cool because i feel like that's for me the most emotional stakes i feel in in the mm, whole yeah. chapter but i also feel that the satisfaction of the and the whole idea of the Wivel thing is so cool and it's so cool to see bottle doing mm-hmm. that bottle is a is a great character I love spending time with bottle mm-hmm. and love it when he turns his mind into a bunch of wibbles yeah. to kill the lizard guys yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: this I feel like this uh, scene alone is like if you if you were pitching this series to somebody, you would start talking like to a producer for a television show. You would start talking about this battle scene and they'd be like so horny for it. And three quarters of the way through, they're just like, this can't happen. This would financially ruin me <laughs> to try and well, this make is this why scene. It's like
0: it, you would just have to animate You'd it if you to. adapted it. It would literally work no other way, you know.
3: And these scenes, too.
1: I Steve does this all the time like where it's like one POV, one POV, one POV, what like, mm. and I, it like, we, uh, it's so confusing.
0: So it, it that loses you Ange.
1: Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at all, but like for me, it's just like hard to keep up with, but I, I get why. And it's really cool the way it's done, but like, it does well, confuse one, me.
0: One thing I'll agree with you, Ange. Uh, one, and it, it wasn't that big of a deal in this battle, but in some other battles it is. like, the geography of the battlefield is really hard for me to keep in my mind you know whenever anyone's like we have to go west i'm like wait wh- where what's north <laughs> so, like i part of me legitimately is like should i draw a battle map and like
3: trace it and get some minis going?" i want to say you know? i have read i've i've read much easier fantasy books with much simpler battles that have included battle maps to do this for you. Mm. And I'm like, the next time I see that, I'm, I'm going to look at it like, you think I'm a child? All right, I can figure this out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I It's called theater of the mind. Yeah, look at idiots. My
1: why did the Kachin, Naruk, why, why did they 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 just happen to cross paths with them
3: yeah we should talk about this right like this chaotic moment of these paths converging
1: like they were not mm. like they weren't specifically looking for the Kachain Chamal Chamal and they just ended up
3: is that what happened it's what we believe correct and if we're not if i'm not mistaken peter these guys are the ones who have killed everyone this book series right Yes so sorry wait this book all the all the times that like people have just randomly yes, died yes those
0: mysterious clouds are here you actually yes. probably are put in the pov of maybe what that experience yes. is like
3: so and they've just been uh, kind of going around the wastelands looking for the Kachain Chamal hive which i don't know if we really knew for certain was in the wastelands but
1: and they're the last. Why? Because so,
3: so the K'ch- this Kachin Shemal Hive might be the last one with a living right. matron, right? Yes. Besides the new Gunthmak um, and the Kachin Naruk despise the Kachin Shemal, Period.
1: Those damn long tails. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Well, I,
0: I, yeah. I mean, I somewhat okay. I get it. You know, I get their complaint.
3: <laughs> Elaborate. I forget. Did they the long? So tails- you believe in genocide? The long tails made the short tails. That is not what I said, India. So wait, but if you side with the Chimal, you believe in eugenics? Is that what I'm hearing, Peter? Mm. What is happening? (laughs) I'm under attack. Pete just loves bees. (laughs) Save the bees. (laughs) The bees are dying. Whichever Uh, one's most like a bee, Peter likes. All I'm saying
0: is, if I I was bred specifically to be a slave for the long tails, I would imagine... I would probably feel pretty frustrated with the long tails.
2: Okay, yeah, you'd be a bit miffed. I
0: would probably a be little, a little, a
1: little miffed.
0: I would be like, "Damn, this fucking sucks." Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so that's all I was saying. I wasn't endorsing genocide. Let the record show. Well, sorry, this is what it sounded like
2: i do just want to say this pov with hedge uh seeing quick Ben do some crazy fucking <laughs> yeah like huge mm. magic and his, the his, the soldiers with him are like gods what was that and he just says that soldiers was quick ben yeah <laughs> he's just so fucking sick dude i love it so much Too good. a good line
3: um so i peter brought up the Kundral burn tears and in this moment i have just i've just had a thought peter do you think there's a connection between this charge of the Kundral burn tears getting absolutely wiped out and do you think there's any relationship to the charge on the pelinar fields in return of the king
0: um well i do think and you kind of touched on it earlier in a way with like oh the forces are coming Mm -hmm. but then they don't get there you know i do think fantasy battles in general and obviously in lord of the rings the like Battles happening and then at the 11th hour, the dramatic, you know, the forces from afar arrive mm-hmm. is like a classic way that battles can play out in stories. So I, I do think it is somewhat playing on that. Um, but also it makes me sad and um, it makes it makes me unhappy. It makes my body feel negative emotions. Mm. That's how I would feel about the conjuals. burn tears is just something I want to share.
3: Yeah, if you told me in book two that I mean, even two books ago that I was gonna give a shit about any one of the Cundrel Burn Tears, my question would have been, the who? Exactly. Uh, so exactly. That was our question yeah. at the beginning of this book, Josh. It was. Well, <laughs> I look because we've none we, yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into it. They're great. Great yeah. story building. Just like makes me makes me a little sad, you know.
0: hmm You mm-hmm. know?
3: Do you know what didn't make me sad? We never talked about it. Uh was Tool murdering all of the uh remaining hardcast. <laughs> no, no tears shed
0: we, yeah we should loop kind of it's weird we did skip that circle back S- is that the phrase circle, circle back. back because okay let's take do you know what <laughs> what let's take a talani mass time out Boo.
2: No.
0: um I are you not gonna that. edit that in no
2: edit what in a
0: whistle a whistle i can do a I'll better edit
2: whistle, in a whistle. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it in
0: all right but, but. yet you're booing my
1: bit.
2: Yeah, it's not good, but I will do it it's for pretty, you. It's pretty bad. It was bad. I didn't um, get it. Okay. <laughs> um, Let I, me know when uh, we're back to talking about stuff that makes us sad, because I do have a thing that made me sad.
0: I have a thing I want to make sad, too, but we must take a Talanai Mass timeout. So, yes. um, uh, an a.k.a. Uh, just a tiny trip to the bone zone.
2: Nice. Now, was, I've missed that stinger.
1: Me, too.
0: So, first scene with the Talanai Mass. India, what's that? Five familiar faces, the unbound Talani Mass, they're from Book Four. They're
3: back, baby. <laughs> who the fuck? Long are time they? no see. Who are they? They're the gods. They are Karsa's gods who were in the stones, and then there were seven and Karsa killed two of yes! them. Yes. They appear they <laughs> yeah, he- they're the ones who killed Hibor No, they killed. What's his face? And they
2: almost killed you're Cutter. Right. Cu- They're in Crocus, book six. They yeah, show up Crocus in book six. At all? Yeah. They almost it killed. They almost
3: kill Crocus. They kill Gray Tongue Frog, and they kill. They do kill Haboric. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah, they Were suck you, ass. So,
0: so, Inge, the scene was not didn't play as a huge reveal to you.
3: Hey, question for you guys. You ever notice that if someone sucks ass, they're bad, but if you say that someone eats ass, typically a positive thing? They're an ally. Yeah. Um, what about if they blow ass? That depends <laughs> on which,
2: which <laughs> angle you're at.
1: I blew ass today. There you
2: go. <laughs> Damn, yeah, we we've, we've puzzled it out. Okay, blowing <laughs> asses. Yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> all right.
2: good, can, can you recover?
0: I, I don't know if I can recover because it's just I, we did, I, love I believe this you. Part. We talked a lot about it. So checks out, Inge, you know? Um <laughs> AJ, how did you feel mm-hmm. seeing these guys again? I know it's a short scene.
2: Yeah, no, I liked I, I I liked the scene. Uh I thought it was we it was it was kind of funny because it's just like <laughs> Because when they show up, they're like, ah, we've been summoned. Uh and then later. You see, or I guess the next scene you see Tool like deny that summons, and I think it's funny that Mm -hmm. only those five, those five were the ones that responded. Um, It's like okay, great, the worst people you know have shown up to help. (laughs) Um, It's like okay, cool. I did think it was fun um, that the one guy was like half incomplete because the bag of dust that somebody had found moving uh, was that that wasn't Masangalani right? That was somebody else brought it to Quickman and were like, I found a moving dust. Yeah, that yeah. was the Sita. Yeah. Um, did we find out why that made her pass out? <laughs> um, I think she has a weak constitution. Didn't it? Didn't it knock her out or something? She got knocked out by something. I forget what. Oh. I thought it was like she showed the she showed the sand and it began to swirl and then she passed out. Um I thought that's what happened in that scene. Anyway, whatever. Misangalani brings this bag of dust back and it, it reforms this guy holy. I just like I loved that. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Um and also like fucking duh. When else have we seen swirling dust? That makes it's sense. Obviously, yeah. to Limeass, you fucking idiot.
1: Lime
2: I had assumed yeah. it was the dust of dreams. Of dreams. Yes. Yeah, we do get a dust of dreams drop. Yeah, um, we talk
3: we yeah.
0: Josh, you wanted to say something about uh Tool earlier
3: yes I felt very little sympathy for the Sengar uh obviously there were some innocents in there but the Bargast. yeah you said Sengar oh very different what's their what's their tribe called though it's really close to Sengar. face the white face the Sanan the Sanan thank you it was close. yeah I felt very little sympathy for the Sanan uh, well well
0: well Josh. Look who's pro-genocide now. No, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm
3: well, let me think on it. How the turntables hold on, hold on. have turned. Hold on. Yeah, I'll double down. Pro-genocide. <laughs> well, you Pete. heard it here first. We are Jesus. 50% pro-genocide
1: on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna come out and say it. I'm anti-genocide. You okay. are oh. the you spearheaded the genocide discussion. Yeah.
0: I will put myself out there. I rarely share my political beliefs. You know, you don't want to expose yourself like that. But uh, anyway, I'm done. I got no bits in me.
1: <laughs> no, that was a good bit. I liked that.
2: Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I, I like a bit that has a concrete ending when you just say the bit's over now. <laughs> Joke's done.
1: Stop
0: laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. Okay. We're all against genocide. That was a joke. Okay.
2: <laughs> what else we got?
0: What else we got? Um. Okay. So, That's going to wrap up our Taladai mass timeout, a.k.a. just a tiny trip to the bone zone. AJ, you wanted to share something that made you sad.
2: Oh, I did. Yes, I almost forgot. Thank you. Hysterical. Um, It is after the hedge scene and we see Quick Ben doing the cool stuff. It's a little scene that we get with Sunrise.
0: That's who I wanted you to. I'm so glad you brought it up.
2: Yeah. As Mm. Quick Ben is shooting lightning, out of his ass and everywhere uh one bolt comes near hedge and sunrise throws himself in front of it and let me just let me just read this section
1: is hedge fully alive now
2: yes since Hood is dead Hood died yes yeah yeah okay. he flung himself forward three paces that seemed to tear every muscle in his back and legs He was a bridge burner. He was the man he had always wanted to be. He'd never stood taller, never walked straighter, and all because of Hedge. He was smiling as he flung himself into the lightning's path. Cool baby. It's good. Um, we get another scene like that in a couple books ago, I think, that also hits uh the the, the scene with um oh fuck, what's the the kid with the candles? Oh, oh so good. The scene with beak, it's a very similar thing of like I have friends, I'm doing the thing, and sunrise is like, I'm a bridge burner, hedge baby a bridge burner, hooray. Um now I'll it's die. It's so sad, dude. Yeah, now I die. Fuck, dude. It's so sad.
0: To be honest, like I I feel like this hits harder than like uh and he the, the like Erickson tries that at other points as well, but I don't know why this one hits really hard in the way that some of the other soldier deaths don't, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I feel like this is, like, a very personal thing, you know? It's not, like, an act of, of battle or an act of war. It's just, like, a guy, like, protecting a, a someone he sees as, like, a someone to look up to, you know?
1: I want to be very, very clear when I tell you if I were ever in battle with any one of you and a lightning strike was going to hit you, I would let it.
3: Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
1: I would let it and I it's not because I don't love you, but like, do I have a death wish? Absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to go out like that for. Are you kidding? Stupid. I,
0: I have no idea how to process this. What if we're not on a battlefield?
1: Still no.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the constitution to to do secret service.
1: A lightning. Are you with a smile on like that's just not realistic. Like no one's going to fucking do that. Whatever. Cute scene though.
0: That's what makes Sunrise so extraordinary,
2: you know? Right. He just wanted to he just wanted to be included in the group.
1: To so die. Yeah. And I can't wait to never hear that I've name again. Said
3: most outcasts should just die to feel included. That does track. He wanted to make a difference. It, what you know? was the difference? Saving one person? A life for a life? Okay, well, Hedge, I would say, well, yeah, I mean, look, is one life more valuable than the next? It's a good point, India. He made a beautiful a He made a beautiful sacrifice. For
1: what hedge already hedge cheated death already in the name of love and companionship (laughs) all right those are my two cents
0: well thank you for sharing them and listen (laughs) i think we should wrap up this section and move on to uh another pretty big battly chapter you Um, sure you don't
2: want to spend more time talking about how cool ruth and good is pretty cool we
3: didn't really talk much about him if i'm being honest, i don't have
2: much else to say he's just cool (laughs)
3: Um, I'm trying to think of like if you can do like he's rude and good he's great he's great yeah thank you India
2: oh I see
0: oh I didn't get it I did Um, (laughs) thank you India alright let's uh let's do it chapter 24 tool and Kala speak of anger grief and the dust of dreams Caoleth now stands with Stormy and Gessler, and Ampelus now uprooted. The Sky Keep has taken to flying. Damaged but still powerful. The Matron is inside, insane, but still in control. They discuss that the Chagall have eaten the brain of the Matron, and that the Keep will only fly as long as the Matron is alive. They discuss their responsibilities, and the Malazan are given V'gath as mounts. Stormy and Gessler speak of the situation in the keep. The Kachane Chamal and the Kachin Naruk. They set out to ride against the Naruk. Garol flies above, admiring the two Malazans and the traits of humans. Stormy sees through the eyes of Garol and witnesses the aftermath of the Bone Hunter's battle with the Naruk. They both wonder about what happened in the battle but they know the Nuruk are coming for them. Strahl sees the two chain armies marching towards each other, reflecting on the armies, but their camp is attacked by the Talani mass. Tool leads a slaughter of them all, even the children. Gnome Kala doesn't partake, thinking that these are crimes, that vengeance is terrible. Stormy feels that he and Gessler should have been there for battle. They near the Neruk. Skykeeps come out of the Warrens, and a great battle follows. Ikarium arrives in a skykeep. Kals uprooted. And Sagtrak tells Caleth it is not piloted by a matron, but by the one who walks with them. Kaos uprooted, takes down many Narut keeps. The battle rages. The Karium is taking damage though, and the ghosts urge him forward. Featherrich gives him the errant's eye. He uses to create a finis. hearing the voices of children, the voices of the sheikh. Kaus enters a gate, and a great tree of stone rises out of the ground pouring sorcery from a boy and girl. Stormy's life is saved by Bent, and he watches as the battle starts to turn in favor of the Kachain Chamal. Gessler watches Sin and Grub approach them, Roach yapping. Sin and Grub says that the gate has been sealed by someone, that this tree is an Azath. Storm and Kayla speak about the future of the Kachain Chamal, They have returned to this world. In Kals, Sulkit has become its matron. Elsewhere, Mappo feels he was close, but that he's lost to Karim's path again. Tox sees their group and thinks about the MS, and speaks with Alar Othiel. Hood returns to mortal flesh, reuniting with 14 jagged warriors. They set out to war. The errant is struck down by the destruction of his eye. And Kilmandras and Sekolath decide to end the world. Okay, so uh, someone mentioned it. We get a little Dust of Dreams shout out.
2: The Dust of Dreams. Yeah, they say it. They say it. Dust of dreams, dust of all that we never achieved, dust of what we might have been and what we cannot help but be. Oh, there you go.
0: What what a good quote. What a good <laughs> quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so that's, uh, let's move onward then. Um, I guess let's take to the skies. It's time. The change them The Kachin We're up in the skies again. We're back and we're seeing a little bit more as Stormy and Gessler are kind of understanding the whole situation And this obviously leads to the battle later. Josh, do you think the two of these prove themselves like proper commanders in the the length of this chapter?
3: Yes. Next question. Okay. (laughs) Do you have any advice you'd like to give them? Um, No, I think they did a really good job of reminding everyone that they're in charge. And in their eyes, everyone else is expendable. Okay, last question. Good leadership.
0: Thank you. This is just a personal one for you. Which of the
3: dino characters is your favorite? Oh, there is a correct answer. This is tough. There is a correct so answer. So listen, let me say this. Absolutely again sucker for dumb fantasy shit. Oh, hold on. There's a quote I'm thinking of. Hold on. I can't think of it. Regardless, the moment that one of the Kichan Jamal is like that's our vex warriors. Most matrons only have 300. She's made 50,000 or whatever it was. Yeah. Just was so yeah. fucking good to me. There's a, I, there's a leg, there's a dumb anime quote. I'm, I cannot think of it's killing me right now. If anyone knows what it is, please tell me. From what anime? Do you have any I other information? No, but it's similar to the thing I just said.
2: And I have no. Is it, is it the, is it the Dragon Ball Z? His power level is over 9,000? No, absolutely not. Okay. Cause I, I was, was going to say that's say, say, like, a, that's
3: like Wow, that would have been embarrassing.
2: Once again, referencing 2009 memes, Josh I really
3: feel like I'm so close to getting it. I'm going to take my headphones off until I get it. No more questions for sure, Josh. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. I want to just say that was not the answer it was thinking of. Um, yes. <laughs> so, India, did you have a particular Kachin character that stands out to you?
1: Gunthmok.
0: Okay. Uh, Gunthmok
3: rules. AJ, did you have one? Um girl stop the podcast i remembered okay it's actually not from anime it's from hamilton uh it's it's the federalist papers you when motherfucker he's like, when he's like you know madison made you know 10 and got sick someone only uh, wrote yeah, three, hamilton and hamilton made, made, t- the made the other, other, that's yeah. what, that's what the other <laughs> seventy-five. <laughs> it's the same energy to me about
1: like the federalist
3: papers or something yeah, yes. like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Holy shit! That was not wow. The same Hamilton wrote the other (laughs) fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, and Uh, she's made another thirty thousand.
1: You know what? And now, and then you wonder why this poor
3: woman went fucking insane. Yeah, right. They said it's like wicked painful every time.
2: Every time. Yeah, because they were like, oh, why don't why doesn't why don't all uh, matrons do uh, several tens of thousands? And they're like, oh, it hurts like shit. So they can only do like 300.
1: Yeah, she really repopulated them.
2: Good, great, great job. Good for her. But I guess now we're rooting for the people who genetically engineered a slave race. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs>
3: We've known um, them longer. No, no, no. It's fine. The, we can vote for the.
2: We can root for the good guys. You know, the, the devil, the, ooh, you know,
3: imperialist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'm gonna
2: choose the jagut. They're my guys. They only erase the bad. Spots of cultures. <laughs> oh, yeah. By hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really. Um, the Jack Hut love to kill. Okay.
0: <coughs> so. Oh, that's just that's just that's all of a sudden, I can't enjoy time by myself. It's just
2: a statement. You're the one taking. Uh, I'm back on team Carson int- Kill intention. them all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. Witness.
0: and civilization. Okay. Jokes aside. Garol. Garol rules. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, who
3: are you going to say? Oh, the real I, answer is the bodyguard. Geralt. I wanted oh, to say girl. I was going to say the bodyguard. He's
0: I like cool. Gunth Mach, though, so I, I I couldn't actually shame your answer. It was like, yeah. I also love Gunth, so I couldn't come in as I a think, I, th-
2: I think Gunth is a real one.
0: To be honest, Gunth
3: and Sag fucking get it, you know?
1: Is Gunth going to be the matron? Um,
3: yes. Yes. Well, right. Peter's pause makes me think the answer is no, so supposed to be the new matron we're gonna we're
0: gonna touch back once we get to the battle but we kind of touched in with the greater camp here and josh thanks for giving us a little bit of stormy and gessler performance review (laughs) um (laughs) but uh it is probably worthwhile kind of circling back to the actual uh slaughter of the bargast here because we briefly Mm. touched it on it when we went to the bone zone but um obviously sorry we took a little trip to the bone zone but i think it's worth getting more into um aj did you how did you feel about this scene and to see tool th- do this and do you agree with gnome kala who who's pretty probably i don't
2: yeah you know, you, you read it yeah i i mean i don't know uh, tools kind of going through it you know he's just <laughs> feeling his feelings <laughs> The only way he knows how, massacre. Yeah, look, we've all thrown
3: out an ex's, you know, item, <laughs> or you know, Just punched sh- a hole in the wall, or eradicated an entire tribe of people. <laughs> we've so all yeah. we've all done it. We've all
2: done it.
0: So what, so what, AJ? Now you're supporting
2: a oh, guy su- <laughs> The bit has gone too far. <laughs> no, sorry, I mean, I'm so I, sorry. I, no, I mean it's obviously a. Uh, 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 like a really complicated thing, and like, you know, I don't I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer. I think Tool is just doing what he feels. I think he has a line here between Namkala and him. Uh he says, You possess no rage. She says, No. He says, What do you find to put in his place? Uh she says she feels only grief, and he says, Is there no anger in grief, Namkala? Um, and like, yeah, you know, especially when you see the person you love be so brutalized and, and like killed in such a a terrible way, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of anger that comes along with that grief. Uh, and, and I, I said it as a joke, but I do think he's like, just like doing whatever he, like, he's just working with the emotions he has, you know, he is just like, Mm. he's, he's sad and he's upset and he's angry and he needs something to take it out on. And so he's saying no to the Malazans and because, you know, they didn't, you know, where were they when, when Hattan was, you know, hobbled and stuff. And like, he's, he's taking control where he can, I guess is, is kind of how I like how it boils down for me. Um, and so, you know, as, as fantastical as it is that he destroys all these people, I do think it is a very relatable thing to just like try and get whatever you can get your hands on, like to ground you, you know, and it feels weird to say that that's what's grounding him, but like it's, he's just processing grief and anger, I think in a very real way. Murder, murder. Like, (laughs) but like beyond the fact that it is actual murder, that he is just like trying to do something. You know what I mean? Because it's like he, 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 and I mean, all Talani Mass have sat with their sadness for so long, and so he finally felt something the opposite of sadness only for that thing to be taken away from him again. And now mm-hmm. he is feeling anger for the first time in millennia. Like how long has he not been sad? How or how long has he not been angry? How long has he not been in love? You know what I mean? It's just, I think he's feeling these emotions and he's feeling them very strongly. And I think he is just trying to regain control of his life in some ways. And yes, that does mean murdering an entire civilization, but I think I think if we abstract it, it is just somebody trying to deal with grief. Yeah, Um,
1: I stand by it 100 percent. If I had the capability and like there was nobody that was going to be like, you can't do that, like jail or something. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I would definitely Mm -hmm. kill the entire rest of a race of people that killed my wife.
2: Yes. Yeah. The world that let this thing happen. Yeah. I would. Yeah.
1: I would. I would. Especially if I was old and like a bone, <laughs> you know,
3: especially if I was a bone. If I was old and a bone, I would be probably murdering a lot because I feel like <laughs> at that point we're just wild.
2: yeah, no, I, th- I totally agree with you. And yeah, I'm, I, I
3: mean,
1: yeah, I, I'm <clears throat> not saying I stand by it, but like karma, it's real.
2: Hmm. The karma comes in the form of a flint sword.
1: Exactly. But the ch- the killing the children thing was sad. I did feel bad about that. But also, like, uh, mm. it happens, um, you know. This happens a lot in this book.
0: Yeah, I feel obviously sad about the kids getting murdered. But and that was sad. AJ, I think you did a great job articulating where Tool is. And I think it is um, kind of sad. And I think you're correct to call it relatable in a way of, like, someone... Kind of expressing grief in a kind of uh, like indirect or unhealthy or like almost like a flare of it in the sense. Definitely,
2: Um, he's letting the emotion take control of him. Definitely.
0: Yeah, so it just, uh, you know, feels feels bad. Feels bad. And I and
1: it, I think it definitely felt bad for him too. I think he was like, ooh, can't believe I'm doing Mm. this, but fuck him.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like that kind of thing after the fact where where you act on impulse and then you're like. Well, what did that achieve? Right? Did that really? Did that really do anything? Do I feel any better?
1: And that's a question I ask myself when I want to make rash rash decisions all the time. What is my Mm. outcome here?
2: Mm -hmm. What are you hoping to get? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Um, Thank you for kind of returning to that subject. It's time to go back to the skies. That's right. We didn't even talk about it. Their their (laughs) keep
2: is flying now too. Their keep is up now. Also. Yeah. Uh, Amp is
3: uprooted oh so it's good, good. Yeah, oh, so good
0: um love it you love a sky keep being uprooted they're kind of flying and the battle the battle kind of is about to begin stormy does peek in on the other battle but then what's that who's cruising in woo, woo, woo. josh did you think Acarium was going to be joining the battle peter i think Okay, I the okay, prob- I know you didn't think it. We is didn't. that what you were going to say?
3: Yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like if, you know, if you put a gun to my head at the beginning of this book and you said, "Is there a chance?" that in the final chapter of the book, a Carrion pilots a dead sky city into a Kachangumall portal to explode it and seal it in time, I would say that chance is non-zero, you know? <laughs> it's not zero. That yeah. It's tracks. not it's,
2: better, it's bigger than zero. You you say it and it's like, "Yeah, I guess that's plausible." Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> With the information we have, yes. hmm Um it's pretty
3: crazy. I'll give you that. <laughs> Especially after learning he's got a whole goddamn city and jagged civilization that he made. Literally. The only named jagged after civilization him. to ever exist, as far as we know. Mm. Pretty fucking sick. Yeah. We didn't get enough Acarium in this book. We didn't I get agree. enough acarium in the series in general. Facts. You know? Big facts. Spinoff? We got a we got a lot of angsty Acarium, and I want. I would like more God, Acarium. Yeah. Korea, you know, <laughs> Razor of Sky Keeps, Destroyer of Time. I would like a little bit more of him. Destroyer of Time.
1: <laughs> I wish, yeah, like I wish that he was more aware and less like aloof when we met
0: him. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Do you know what outfits Map on Acarium would look great right
2: in?
3: Oh, God. Oh, okay. give us a second. Well, first off, I think. Like red my- shirt
2: and overalls and green shirt and overalls? think
3: It's a theme. It's a theme. It's a theme, okay. Um, sexy cowboy. <laughs> interesting.
1: I would say futuristic. Okay,
3: okay interesting. Okay.
2: Cyberpunk map. I would carry him. Yeah, like okay. kind of like space. Map. I would carry him. Disco. Metallics? Disco. So,
0: okay, I was thinking. Imagine this.
2: Scooby Doo.
3: Oh okay. God! I carry him as Fred. <laughs> imagine this. <laughs> Fucking take me beach. <laughs> Beach theme. Oh, okay, all right. I wasn't ready for that. There's a big beach ball. Maybe one of
0: them's maybe Akarium's surfing. You know, he's kind of wearing fun trunks. He's Ma- huge. Mapo.
3: He's maybe he's got little sun sun
2: sunscreen, sunscreen on
3: it. Yeah. I like mappo in like an open Hawaiian shirt.
2: Ooh, That's nice. open
3: Hawaiian shirt. Camp Speedo. Color? No. Speedo. Mapo's got taste.
2: Okay, what's wrong with a Speedo?
3: Josh? I agree. What's wrong with a Speedo? All right, I'm the minority here. I'll
2: back off. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. all I'm saying is when you got it, flaunt it, you know? That's true. That's true. Good for, good for Mappo. Good, good for Mappo.
1: You know, I'm actually looking at what Mappo looks like, and he's ugly. Mm.
3: Okay, don't <laughs> get say that about ass. my guy. No, get his ass, India. <laughs>
1: he has literal tough tuss- What has he
3: done for us? Nothing. Mappo mappo's, mappo's beautiful. Okay. Whoa, that's ugly as fuck. Right. <laughs> holy shit, that first picture's can... terrifying.
1: Okay, wait, but that's a bad one. Like when you scroll, I can I, like where he like. <laughs> oh my Did you guys
0: God. know he had I tusks? I, yes. forgot. I forgot. I forgot. The tusks are hot. Of course.
3: <laughs> now I look. Now this one's giving me real orc war chief hell screen vibes. Yeah. Real, dude. real Hellscreen vibes on this one. Yeah.
0: We can't. Oh, we Icario. keep doing this. remember just upload us looking at Mal's fan art on the
2: podcast. Yeah, but, yes. now, but look at now him. He looks.
3: Shut up. This one's Maple Rump, but he's just the big guy from Arthur. <laughs> That's so funny, Binky. Yeah, it's <laughs> <You're> just Binky. <laughs> Posting to get into the chat.
2: Was afraid to post my fan art on the
3: main page. <laughs>
2: oh my god it's wow it's
3: so good
1: it's <laughs> really good that's um, fucking hysterical
2: anyway we're Ooh. doing the thing again yeah. we're doing it again gang
1: ikarium's kind of right, hot good.
2: yeah ikarium is kind of hot
1: ikarium's kind. i i had them mistaken i had them in the reverse
2: ikarium's Icar- definitely hot yeah for sure that's
0: why i said he was going to be a cool surfer guy
1: yeah that makes sense i see where i that's why i had to look them up because you made these personas i needed to understand
2: oh my god somebody wow somebody made him really hot <laughs> <laughs> holy shit
0: he's obviously he's obviously one of the hottest characters wait he has tusks too opinion. he has tusks
1: too they both have yeah tusks. but i think
0: his tusks are a little smaller
1: smaller that's what i'm seeing yeah he has tiny tusks
2: anyway should we get back to the
1: book and he's blue yes. he's blue
0: so uh, AJ, Aquarium has arrived, looking hot, I guess, established, yeah. and
2: flowing the, locks. Apparently,
0: flowing locks. You see, uh, you kind of see what happens here. You see,
2: uh, yeah. there's this
0: portal. There's the Finnis, All this stuff happens. The Sin and Grub show up. Um, the battles going on. Mm -hmm, What mm -hmm, stands mm -hmm. out to you during this chaotic battle?
2: Man, I don't know. I got to tell you, this battle um, was not as clear to me as to what was going on as the last battle. I agree. Agreed. Um, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Um, And so to me, it's just like fucking cool and then i keep reading and i go fucking cool and then there's nothing really specific that stands out to me um the word Finnist definitely was like oh, a Finnist and now i do not remember what that was about i i did like all the the stormy and gessler stuff though to be fair um all the stuff with uh stormy's the one who like gets it at first right or is it gessler what do you mean by gets it like one of them has an immediate hold and like a grasp on like what oh, is going on and yeah. how to handle it. And the other I one is it. like, ah, how are you doing that? And they're like, just do this. And they're like, oh, OK, got it. But then they still remain uh, skeptical about the whole thing for some reason. I just I, I don't know. I, I love all of that stuff. And I love uh, seeing them do cool stuff. I guess this is
0: all I got there. Yeah. Mm. Josh, is there a beat that stands out to you on this battle?
3: No, I think like AJ at this point, I actually am pretty sure I read both of the last two chapters back to back. I think just had like a long day of reading. It's hard not to. They're they're. it was really. Yeah. So it it definitely was kind of blending a little bit towards the end. I mean, it's just sick. I don't know what else you want me to say. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. But this one actually, you know, here's what I'll say. The reason the other fight works so well is because the landscape of the battlefield is told through POVs in on the ground in those spots. And we're not we don't give a shit about the battle lines. We give a shit about the one or two people in that battle line versus this is like we're playing risk and it was a little more abstract to me i didn't really care also there were sky keeps shooting lasers at each other like mm. why do i care how the small lizards are doing when the sky keeps are still here
2: mm.
3: also there's a lot of kachain naruk like an absolute fuck ton it's kind of crazy and um, aj do you remember what book we are introduced to a kachain naruk sky keep because it's mentioned last but last chapter quick ben's like we should have known, we saw the reproduce, we know it was happening, or maybe that was Stormy Destiny. Yeah. this chapter, do you remember what book yeah. that was? That was, was that
2: Bone Hunters?
3: I it, personally thought it was like, Memories of Ice or some bullshit. Definitely it's, not Memories of Ice. It's back there, though.
2: It's when Quick Ben is traveling with Troll and Onrack. Is it right? the three of them? And there's a fourth one, I thought, I thought there were four of them. Which makes me think it was Reaper's Gale. That's a tough one. But now that you do say that, I can I'm believe looking at
3: hold on hold on hold, on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. It is I think AJ was right. I think AJ's right that it's Bone Hunters. Hold on. Oh, Bone Hunters.
0: I'm I'm not 100%. I would agree. I think it's Bone Hunters.
3: Uh, yes. Yes, QuickBend, Callum and Gessler Come go man. to gather intelligence. They travel via Warium. They get somewhere weird and they discover Skykeeps. The okay. only th- at least a dozen Skykeeps.
0: Yeah. Oh. I also the reason I've been very silent is I'm trying to recall, I believe there's evidence of sky keeps in Gardens of the Moon. Um, there was when isn't in that
2: the, when she says that there was gardens on the moon. Well, they're talking about moonspawn, which is the the sky keep that Anamanda Rake has. Mm-hmm.
0: I more meant when they're traveling in the Imperial Warren. I believe in the in the first book in the Imperial Warren, there's evidence of Sky keeps. Unless I'm mistaken.
2: Damn, that rules if big if true. Big if true.
0: Anywho's who's, uh, Inge, did you have anything you wanted to say about this battle before we move
2: on?
1: I love Sin and Grub. They're cool. A shout out
2: Sin and Grub. They're cool here.
1: And the dogs. Um, and the dogs.
2: Uh, yes, dude. Benton Roach? Fuck yeah. We're back. Wolf, woof. Wolf,
1: woof, woof. Woof, woof. Bark, bark. I can't believe we
0: never did a Benton Roach sound kill.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't feel like making one. Okay. So I think we just say woof, woof, bark, bark when they show up.
0: Woof, woof, bark, bark.
2: Bark, bark, woof, woof.
0: Although, isn't I mean, one more of a yip, yip?
2: Bent, uh, I, think roach. It's still a, I think it's still a pretty big dog.
1: No, it's a little dog, because Bent carries roach in his mouth sometimes. D- um, mm. And he's mm. a cattle dog,
3: Bent. Thank, okay. you.
0: Thank you for saying that. In my mind, I was like, isn't one of them a really
3: tiny dog? But yeah, I yeah. don't know that much about yeah, dog yeah, yeah. breeds. So yeah, I, one's it's really cute. small. Um, Damn,
2: Okay. I guess, fuck me, I guess.
3: Yeah, question, Pete the 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 trickle trade guild wagon was yeah. attacked by the shigal assassin right yes was he originally trying to take a couple of them to be the mortal sword and the shield anvil and then had to pivot to take stormy and gessler
2: interesting interesting theory
3: now knowing that that's why he what he was doing to stormy and gessler did he like originally pick two others over there mappo and Mapo and Gruntel would be a great pair. I mean, a mm-hmm. Gruntle is already the mortal sort of Trake, but I mean, um, mm. is this never gonna? Is do we never find this? I, I think Pete's got that. It's a good question, and it's never <laughs> answered.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> India, how are you feeling about the? We
0: do briefly touch him with the Talani mass talk and Olar Ethiel. Um, how are you feeling leaving that storyline? This book.
1: Um. You know, I always wonder. Tuck is just such an interesting character that always comes back, I feel. I don't know. I'm like, it doesn't feel over. I feel like I'll see him soon.
0: Yeah. Um. Maybe. Who knows? Not me. Oh, who knows? AJ, Uh. what's that? The boys are back in town. Hood links up with his old college friends. <laughs> For one so.
1: last gasp. You're hysterical. Yeah. You're fucking hysterical. That's funny.
0: <laughs> what what did you make of our uh the the tusk squad over here? Uh tusk squad, best squad. Okay, yet when I say I want to ally with the Jaghuts, everyone's attacking me.
2: I simply stated the Jag Hut love to fight. That is all I said. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you want to say. It's fucking cool. Like, it's it's just like, you know, it's it's more, it's more of that stuff that like is like, yeah, this fucking rules. I I love that this is happening. I'm having a great time putting my eyes on it.
0: Well, then let's. If you have nothing else to add, then we should touch on the last thing that happens in Dust of Dreams and Josh. Uh, uh,
2: should I have more to add? Like, I don't... the the are these three
0: rapscallion elder gods. Um. Uh, <sighs> kind of crack open uh the ototero dragon carabas what did you what did you make of this
3: i mean it seems like that's gonna be pretty important next book you know i don't really know what else you want me to say about it uh the ototero dragon's been kind of teased a whole bunch we're finally gonna see something about it uh pretty excited for that also fucking sick what feather witch did to whatchamacallit the errant the errant yes absolutely great fuck that dude i'm glad his eye got used as a finnist i said it <laughs> he said the
0: damn thing all right um listen everyone we're gonna take a brief break and then when we come back we are going to talk um dust of dreams our thoughts in entirety just a little bit
2: Uh, let me just, let me just start off by saying what a power move to end a book with the phrase, why not? Uh, I loved it. (laughs) That was great.
0: Thank you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, appreciate you staying for this little extra, extra little class here at the end. No chapters. We're just having a little freeform discussion, baby.
2: Yeah, this is in lieu of doing our mailbag wrap up. For yeah, this.
0: there will be no mailbag wrap up. And I think we're all on the same page that book nine really is a part of the book nine ten experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much what the criteria or how you want to approach talking about book nine. But now that we have went through a bunch of new storylines, been to a lot of new places, met mm-hmm. a lot of new characters. I mean, a whole novel has passed, so I do think we should at least touch on our feelings. India, what did you make of Dust of Dreams?
1: Dust of Dreams is pretty good, honestly. I think we learned a lot of things. A lot of things came together in Dust, in Dust of Dreams, like a lot of questions were answered, and it really wasn't like painfully slow. It was a pretty like fast-paced book, I thought. Four, three and a half stars.
2: Interesting.
0: Um, Aj, what did you, uh, what did you make a Dust of Dreams? Book nine.
2: Yeah. I mean, I came out real or I, I come out of this book feeling really hot on it. Um, I think these last few chapters are like, I don't know, it feels like I'm getting a pat on the back for reading the ends of all the other books like this is like the cool sick fantasy battle shit that like every other book is like leading up to and then something else happens but in this book it leads up to it and then it does happen and it is fucking rad um so i i loved i loved 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 the end of this book i think this final book you know chapters 19 to 24 fucking rip they're so good And I don't know, I think it's really interesting looking back at the beginning of this book. You know, like you said, Pete, a lot of new characters, a lot of new stuff going on. We're in a different place. We're going somewhere new. I think the beginning of this book, I was really unsure where I was going to land on it. But I think as stuff began to crystallize and as I began, began to finally get into more of the storylines. And after the whole Icarium ghost weirdness storyline actually came to like, it's just Icarium now. I'm like, okay, I got it. Um, I, I think the last, you know, third or more of this book is like nothing but joy. You know, I mean, it's a very sad book, obviously, but like I had a great time reading it for the most part. Um, I do think it's also interesting to say that like, this is, I think maybe the saddest book in the series, uh, deals with some of the heaviest shit. And I come out feeling just absolutely jazzed.
0: Interesting. Awesome to hear your thoughts, Josh. Uh, why don't you uh take over? What do you think?
2: Great great book.
3: <laughs> 10 out of 10. Sorry, 9 out
2: of 10. Oh, yeah, nice good one. Thank you. Because it's book 9 out of <laughs> yes.
3: 10. Yes. Ah! No, I think it's inc- I think it's I think it's incredible. Uh I, I I I I'm shocked it sticks the landing as well as it does.
2: Mm.
3: I I feel like for a book that's that so much of it is just priming you for the next book, you know, the fact that it works itself as its own narrative so, so well is incredible. It's awesome. People who burn out on this book, because I've heard that this is a book that some people quit on. Fucking why? I mean, Josh, it's a heavy book. You're not, I could kill a man with it. So I I, I get you. Nice. Uh,
1: it's heavy physically, and emotionally heavy, and yeah. emotionally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a huge fucking book. It's a the, huge the work, book. The work is quite dense.
3: Yeah. All right. I take it. I came, I, maybe I came off a little harsh. If you could on this book, I'm sorry you had a bad time with it
1: no i agree i feel like you have one left at that point just finish the series like wh- exactly
0: <laughs> all right
3: i'm back on it you're a coward
0: finish the series <laughs> i i have to tell you i feel kind of blown away right now i um i feel like i used to feel pretty mixed on Dust of dreams it was probably one of the books i i was less interested in hmm. um and some of that had to do with the time of my life when i read it um, I don't know if I was really looking for the bummingest book of all, um, yeah. But um, I definitely really enjoyed it a lot more this time round. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, in a classic way, I think just knowing ahead of time that you were going to follow a lot of these storylines that started a little far off from other places, or maybe had a lot of new characters, and that that was kind of what the story and shape of of this book was. So I think knowing a lot of that stuff going in helped me enjoy it more. Mm. And I definitely had a more positive dust of dreams experience. Although I do agree with AJ, it's like the bum, it's the bummer book in in a way in my mind. Not that I don't think there's hope within the book. I think there is uh, some, some storylines there that aren't as heavy, but yeah, it's not a light read. It's not a beach read okay i would not this is not a beachy book my opinion
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah as someone who started reading this book on the beach um definitely not
0: i don't think we should do a whole ranking i think that would be inappropriate it's up there but i here's all i would ask you all three of you what do you think high end low
2: end high end high end for sure
1: high end yeah
0: wow
3: wow
2: yeah, it's wow. it's definitely up there with Memories of Ice at Midnight Tides. I
3: think, I was going to say, I think this book makes me appreciate Memories of Ice in a lot of different ways.
1: Memories mm. of Ice is always going to be my favorite.
3: I think this one makes me I've recently been putting Memories of Ice slightly lower. And I think a lot of this book makes me look back at, at, at Memories of Ice and and, and rethink some things.
2: Mm. It is really interesting how much setup in Memories of Ice uh-huh. there is for this book. Uh huh. And like also, I mean, it's not and it's not exclusive to Memories of Ice. You know, there's like so so much of the stuff, obviously, because this is the ninth book. But there's so much stuff in like the all the books leading up to this one that lead to this book. But like, I don't know, to see the clear callbacks and and results of Memories of Ice is really interesting. Pete's got a big smile on their face. This
0: is just a surreal experience. <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like you're speaking... You didn't speak this way about Toll of Hounds, you know? Correct. You're just... And that's what's well, and blowing just my told, mind. Well, I can't I just, handle it over so here. I'll,
3: and actually, I want to say this, because not everyone's going to listen to the Epigraphs episode. I talked to Peter about how I think Toll of Hounds is much like for Peter. Peter has... You know, just what their feelings on Test of Dreams. That's how I feel about Toll of Hounds after having done the epigraphs, where mm. I think this book has immediately grabbed me. And I think I was a little cold on Toll of Hounds, and now that I am removed from it, I already want to reread it.
2: That's a dangerous thing to say on this
3: podcast, Josh. I told Peter already that I want to reread the whole series because of reading the Toll of Hounds epigraphs. Wow. Josh said it on main. He said it on main. Yeah.
0: All right. Listen, I, I'm I'm honestly stoked you guys had such positive Dust of Dreams thoughts. Um, I, as I said, enjoyed my read through as well. Maybe that'll do it for us here today. Thanks for staying after. I'm glad we were able to wrap up some Dust of Dreams thoughts. As mm-hmm. always, let us know you thing of the show at Ten Very Big Books and at Gmail and Twitter. And the next time you'll hear us will be when we're opening up. The 10th very big book here on 10 Very Big Books. A a momentous, a momentous episode,
2: baby. I just got full body goosebumps. You know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Absolutely stoked. When I say come, you say passion. Come.
2: Passion! Passion! Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here, and I forgot to write an intro thing after that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us 10VeryBigBooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10VeryBigBooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly/slash VBB Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D. Discord. That link will also be in our show notes. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10 very big books. That link will also be in the show notes. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gazerick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for the hottest Chuck Fletcher takes. Uh, thank you as well to resident Guy Drawer, Scout Wilkinson for the special art she will be providing for this season. Uh, you can follow her at twitter.com slash humble goat. And of course the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro track is by the one, the only Amaranthin from his album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with his other music on bandcamp.com links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on march 17th talking the beginning of the end the crippled god chapters one and two i'll talk to you then and thank you so much for listening
0: Oh. He's rude <laughs> and good. God. Yeah, there you go. You got it.
1: <laughs> he's great.
0: Now I'm just gonna see him as Tony. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's oh just Tony, but he has a big ice sword. You <laughs> Tony know? the Immortal
3: Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Tiger God. Shockingly, not the mortal sword of trait. He though. guards the wall.
2: Frosted blades. Oh, um, there it wow. is.
3: Damn! That yeah.
0: was
2: wow. So good. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Wow, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um wow. That was I was
1: not expecting that. I that yeah. was very good. Very good. <laughs> okay.
3: All right.